Electricast. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Welcome into Missing the Point, and we're going to the shit. Oh my we're going God. To the we're going to the shit. We're going to the shit. Welcome into Missing the Point. This is DK Sizzle. I'm here with Real BK, Bob Kelly, and the Celtics have just defeated the Miami Heat to progress to the NBA Finals. Can I get a what, what? Bobby, how you feeling, buddy? Bro, I'm feeling so good. As, as, as stressful as that last two and a half minutes was, which by the way, I could literally, I already, I already already told you, I could feel the pulse in my brain. And that's not even, (laughs) that's not even like an understatement of how I was feeling. Like I had to like hold my baby for a minute because I was like, I need to, I need to calm the fuck down of what's happening right now. I'm with you, man. I mean, uh, there, there's, this is going to take a second because, there's so many different narratives to break down in that game. That was like that game was like a toxic relationship. I'm in a toxic oh. relationship with the Boston Celtics. That that like I, I 100% agree with you. It was an absolute fucking nail biter. I was just trying as I actively participated on the internet. I was just trying to be the one in the foxhole that wasn't losing their fucking shit <laughs> because the entirety of Celtics Twitter. Now I can't blame them, but was losing their shit. I was trying to keep it together, but I tell you, I was like a duck. I was calm on the surface and underneath. Just those legs kicking away, big fella. Just kicking away. That didn't feel good. That did not feel good. Did, what do you think happened? There's two narratives that you can spin here. Either the Celtics almost melted down, but that means they almost melted down like six times and didn't, just for the record. And Or the Heat are a good team. They're a good basketball team. There was a reason they were in a Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. And they were at home. And they have a very talented player in Jimmy Butler, and they fucking tried their asses off. Mate, which one is which one is true? Can you tell by how I asked the question which one I think is true? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can tell you which one that you're gonna you're gonna pitch to me, but I can tell you that they fucking melted down. Bro. But did they though? Because they, they won. did. So so I so I can tell you. So the I don't want to start this off negative because we're going to the fucking no, ship. No, 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 we're going to the ship. There's nothing negative about it. I want to just vent. So, me, so, so a couple different things is Marcus Smart has no fucking business taking the last fucking five shots of that fucking game. And it's, 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 it's blasphemy that that ball was in his hands as much as it was. I agree with you. I, I understand that they were fucking throwing everything at Jason. No, they Tatum. did that thing again. They did that thing again. Yeah, bro. They threw everything at Jason Tatum. And I don't know. I don't know if he was passive. Or if he just trusted his teammates, but they couldn't, bro. I feel like the Heat knew that everyone else 
was starstruck and, and 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 like just had never seen a moment like they were in right there. Like Grant Williams, bro. I don't know what the fuck he was doing that last two and a half minutes of that game, but that man did not look good in the last two and a half minutes of that game. But I, at the same time, I know the Heat are amazing, and I know they they have the heart of a champion. I just think if you do something like that against the Warriors, we're in a lot of trouble. But again, I'm 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 the Celtics positive guy, so I'm just telling you that there's no reason for me to almost be having a fucking heart attack at the end of that game. Oh my god. I'm just, I, I need to calm down. Listen, no, I, I totally understand where your head's at. I completely understand where your head's at. And this is, this is the kind of show where the, the, the game ended appro- approximately 17 minutes ago. And we're doing a podcast and we're, we're very much post, very emotional, almost come back. And, and it didn't feel good. It was, it was a pit in my stomach too. I would just like to point out though, that throughout all the chaos, I think if you try to go back and watch this game tomorrow or the next day, I think throughout all that chaos, when the Heat decided to start to double Jason Tatum and make someone else on the Celtics beat us, and Tatum immediately recognized it, accepted it, waited for the double team, and then passed out early as the double team started to happen, I would say about seven times that resulted in like very good play extensions or outright buckets in that yeah. in that game and i think you know and i and i just i think we should move on to jason tatum almost immediately you know from this overall point because i think he's actually a very important factor in this game more so than the, than the internet would have you believe because he wasn't just rising up and like smashing in bucket after bucket after bucket he was getting pressed he was getting mm-hmm. double teamed he was getting clipped around screams they were absolutely all over him and he made plays he, did. he made plays he, did. he what to me, what showed up for him was his versatility. He relied on his ability to do everything on the basketball court, not just shoot. And I think that there's there's been past iterations of him that take a lot more sidestep pull up jump shots yep. instead of trusting his teammates. Like you said, you said that already. Yeah. Trusting his teammates. I think that was a very mature performance from Jason Tatum. I think that was a very difficult game for him. And I think that he he uh, fought his way through it. I would just like to add, if I had one note for him, I know, you know, God rest his soul and and uh, no disrespect to his memory, but please don't wear purple and gold in a Celtics uniform. That's absolutely unacceptable. I really yeah. appreciated his game. Uh, I, 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 I know that he looks up to Kobe and that's awesome. I've, I'm a big Jason Tatum supporter. As you know, I've been on the internet for the past two weeks fighting with people about how he's better than Paul Pierce. Don't wear purple and gold in a Celtics uniform, please. That's disrespectful. Don't do that. But he had a great game. He had a great game. Moving, moving, so moving. Throwing that in real quick. Yeah. No, <laughs> listen. The 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 thing with Tatum, I I don't think it's on Tatum for people saying. You know, I said he was pa- he might have been passive. I I, I thought I, he was very aggressive. I thought he was very aggressive. So, I I I I don't know what it is, but I think he may is not running enough plays and not running the offense through Tatum enough. And I think that showed up a little bit in that fourth quarter, where like when they did run it through Tatum, it was an easy bucket or 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 an assist to someone else. When they run it through Marcus or 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 Jalen, it felt like the offense got stagnant, and all of a sudden they were like all over the fucking place. And you're I'd like, like to bro, see him, I'd like to see him touch it earlier in the clock. Every, I, right, you know, every sure. possession he needs yeah. to have it in his hands. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. But again, listen, we're going to the fucking ship. So like all this stresses and like all this shit back here, right? So like we have the the Warriors ahead of us, and all this bullshit that we just went through back here. Yeah, but. 
the only punctuation point that matters is the fact that we're going to the fucking finals, bro. We're going to the NBA finals. So. Yeah, absolutely. On the back of, if you take it as an entire picture, on the back of great My brain is still processing. I know. I, I don't know if you hear this we're, live, do, we're doing it. In, we're doing it in real time. We're processing it in real time. We're going to the NBA finals on the back of uh, great performances, not just from the top three guys across the entirety of the playoffs. So I'd like to do a little honorable mention section here. We started with Tatum. I think there's a lot to process with Tatum's game. I think there's a lot of nuance in what happened uh, uh, with Jason Tatum tonight. I think that there's notes you can have about certain things that he did. I th- whatever. I we, I think that's true of a lot of guys on the court tonight. But we started at the top. Now let's start at the bottom. We'll do a little sandwich moving through to the middle. Honorable mention, I think, to Derek White. I, I think uh, I'd like to shout out his uh, intentional calmness every time he touched the ball. I think uh, he he's a player that sort of lives in between the margins. He 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 isn't an intangibles guy in the way that Marcus Smart is an intangibles guy, but he's definitely like a read the game, keep calm guy. And I and I really appreciated that he pumped so every time he touched the ball. I think he got rattled up when when the elbow came down on him. We didn't really see much of him again for the rest of the game. I don't know if it was a concussion, whatever. But that was big for them because they took out a guy that I think that every time he touched the ball and every time he looked up, he had avenues because he was moving a little bit at a slower pace than the rest of the Celtics. I think we were just moving one gear a little too quickly. And a lot of those Marcus will come on to talk to him. He has that floater that Ray's talked about. Uh, he has, he, I, I think he was braver in his jump shots tonight when he, when he was outside the three point line. Um, talk to me about Derek white it, it, in the scope of the whole playoffs, because you've come full circle on him. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think that's fair enough because I think he's, he's changed his game. Well, not changed his game is the wrong term. He's, he's improved, uh, on what his game is during these playoffs. So I think it's fair that you were mad at him in the first place. Talk to me about Derek white. Yeah, no, I think his role in this series was a lot more of what Derek White is. You know what I mean? Like he had a yes. lot more, he had a lot yes. more room to run to to drive to the basket. He he like Ray said, man, he's he called out that floater and that was an absolute real thing in this series and we saw that come up multiple multiple times. So I give all the credit to Ray on that one because listen, I'm telling you every time that thing comes up, I'm like, "All right, Ray, let's go, Ray." Like he's shooting the fucking floater. Yeah, yeah, that's like the signature, the signature Rayshon shot. He was calling it out that he had that floater before he started doing it. It was like he put it into the universe. It was amazing. It was awesome. Yeah, it was great. But the, I agree. I agree. Derek White was a, a very common presence for the Celtics these past three games. Even though we lost last game, he was he was very big in that game as well. He had fourteen points in Game Five, and I just think from Game Five, Six, and Seven you saw something from Derek White that's like, okay, this is why we traded for this guy. You know what I mean? Like, because I know that that trade came under a lot of question. By the way, did you did you think that Bam el- elbow looked a little intentional? I don't, I don't. I thought it was, a, I personally, I mean, listen, you're, you're on a fucking Celtics home, home, homer podcast here, but I thought it was a clear flagrant. I thought it was a clear flagrant based on how they were. It was like a wrestling move. He like, yeah. he was in the air, looked down, saw yeah. Derek White there and stuck his fucking elbow out. And it was like, yeah. they barely even fucking talked about it. I don't know. It was weird uh, to me. I mean, the 12 to 6 elbow is banned in the UFC. So. Bro, that's, I'm just saying, bro. <laughs> that thing was pretty brutal. He gashed his head open. Yeah. Gashed his head open. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, from a neutral point of view, it's difficult to read intent. But I think, uh, I, I think. The way they called the Jalen Brown elbow, which almost swung the whole fucking game for the Heat, the offensive foul when he went up. Uh, how else are you supposed to go up? 
You know what I mean? It's like you're above him and he's going up as opposed to him being below you in a more uh, in a more vulnerable position than you're in. You know, you're coming down and you're driving that elbow. And I thought it was a clear flagrant based on how they've been calling flagrants for the playoffs, not based on my own, uh, you know, personal perspective. But regardless, it doesn't make a difference. I hope Derek's okay. I thought he had a great game. Uh, There was a tweet from a a guy who who I can't remember his name, but it was a good tweet. Um, So sorry, sir. Apologies. I I retweeted it on the Missing the Point Twitter feed, but he said, uh, he said, I'm a a little bit more here for paraphrasing. I'm a little bit more here for Derek White dribbling the ball because he's a little calmer compared to Marcus, who's just a little jittery right now, which I think I would have to agree with. And I'm going to move on directly to Marcus now because... I think he had a he had a, a good game defensively at points. Weird I game. think he it was had a weird game for it Marcus. was a weird game, but I think it's it's and pretty clear. One thing about his game tonight, I think, was pretty clear. He had a he had a, a strange game. He had a decent game defensively at points. He made a couple of big baskets. Like his free his his field goals were allowed. He made clutch free throws down the stretch. Two clutch mm-hmm. free throws that mm-hmm. Jalen Brown fucked up in Game Six. So you know you have to just sort of give credit where credit's due. However, I think the thing that most people are going to take from that game is his volume was back at a level that we're not really all super okay with, especially in crunch time. And I think his decision-making in general was a little bit jittery. It was a little bit uh, slapdash at times. There was a couple of moments with the clock. I didn't think he was as good as he could have been. And, and you only notice that stuff, I think, because of the role that Marcus plays. You know, he's supposed to be kind of quarterbacking us. He's supposed to be sort of keeping time for us and keeping pace and keeping energy and, and keeping all that up. So what did, you, what did you make of his game? Do you, do you agree? Do you disagree? Were you frustrated with him at times? I would say not probably as much as, as we have been in the past because we got it done. But where, where were you with, with Marcus? I just thought so. Marcus has no business being your primary shooter at the end of a game. You know what I mean? Like he was open for a lot of those shots and he just missed them point blank. He missed a few open threes on the end. That would have been the absolute dagger. But I think that just kind of proves what I was thinking about him the whole game is he, he just seemed a little antsy to get through this game seven. Like he just wanted, he, he wanted to, to close that fucking door on this game seven curse that we've had against the heat. And it just seemed like that was kind of in his head because like you said, man, it seemed like he was moving a, a couple steps too fast all fucking game. The, the, the offense just seemed to run better when we were running it through Tatum, when Tatum was, was setting the play up and, and having that initial ball contact where he was setting up the the pick or he was setting up whatever it was, it just seemed to run better. And, that's something that we haven't really seen so far this playoffs. You know what I mean? Like I, I've trusted Marcus and I said this on the show where like, I, I trusted every decision Marcus was making earlier in the playoffs. I don't know if it's like the ankle injury or what it is, but it just kind of seems like it's fading back towards like the jittery. I don't know if we can say that overall. It was one game. It was one game. If you, if you take his, if you take his overall, uh, like performance in the round against the heat, I think, I think it was still true that I trusted him. I think he had a lot of big threes in a lot of these, in a lot of our wins. I didn't trust him that much tonight, though. Yeah, I'm. It, it was it was a different look to Marcus. But tonight. it's like, but you have to remember, like at, at at the same time, he hit a huge three down the stretch that he really had no business hitting because it was a bad play. The play broke down. It was in like the left corner. I don't know if you remember it. He went up because the shot clock ran out and he hit. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I do. You know, yeah. he hit it. He hit a big three from the other. A lot court. happened. A lot. Happened I know. I know. I know. I know. It was, it's a lot to process. It's uh, 
he hit those two huge, huge free throws. Down the free the throws were huge. The huge free throws. Like, they they might have been the most important say, free throws of the night. If I think they were. I was I was ten times more confident with Marcus exactly. up the line than I was with Jalen. So you, you know what I mean? Even, even before him. he missed those free throws, yes. I was uncomfortable with Jalen at the line. Yes, okay, with Marcus, well, of course. and I was like, okay, he should he should, he should. nail both of these. He should he had missed one going into those two? I agree with you, but so you do trust him. You've just been through a lot. You've just been through a lot right yeah, now. It was a rough game. <laughs> it's, 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 it's okay. like reprocessing okay. it. Like, it's all right. There's a moment where right, you were that's talking. That's why we're doing this. That's and my brain this. went through it all again, man. It's just. No, I know. I was upset too, you know, at times. It was a stressful um, four minutes of basketball. Man. What I will say though, if you know, if you want to take the game sort of as a whole, um, as a whole uh, painting, you know, one big landscape. We got in the lead and we didn't give up the lead for the entire game. True. So, uh, yeah, as like home court Boston homers that are very stressful, stressed out, and, and the whole game is stressful as we go. If you take it in a very black and white terms, they went up and they didn't give up a lead. So it's like melting down, blowing leads, blah, 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 blah. It's like they did come close, but the Celtics did what they needed to do for the entirety of the run, which is a, a mature thing that, we, you know, if you're, if you're hitting them with the mallet, of you guys do this, you guys lose these games, you blow these leads. You have to equally give them the uh, the the credit and the satisfaction when they don't do it. it just because they look like doing it doesn't mean they did do it. They won the fucking game. I agree. <laughs> going to the I fucking agree. championship. They scored more points than the other team. I'm the one that's usually sitting here fighting this battle. Like you know yeah. what I mean? I mm-hmm. Mike's Mike's still presently mad at me because of how much shit I gave him two nights ago. All right, you know what? That's, I think I think that's actually before we move on to the rest of the sort of the player ratings. Uh, I know we still have Al Horford to do. We should talk a little bit about Grant Williams' non-existent game. We should definitely talk about Jalen Brown. Before we do that, let's just talk. Just, just like, let's just pull the curtain back here a little bit to uh, to see a little behind the scenes um, of missing the point. And I and I'd like to uh, I'd like to give it sort of in theme with what I've sort of been talking about about Celtics Twitter and. And the kind of attitudes that everyone has. Now that we're going to the to the championship, um, or ship for short, if you know it as well as we do. Um going to this. We uh we me and Bobby, me being we and Bobby, not the royal we, we being me the only two people in the room, are enjoying it more objectively because we have the satisfaction of being on the hill of the people that believed in the team. Right? Always. Yeah. So it's a win win, really. You know, uh, when, when you when you ride with them and and there's been some internal well, wasn't they any names, but there's been some internal strife in missing the point because, you know, and there's some people that it, it are very emotional and I understand they get very upset when the Celtics aren't doing good and they quit on them in the third. And I, but I, I get it a little bit because it's like, ah, I'm, I'm upset. I'm upset. I get it. Right. You know, you're not giving them shit. It's an emotional statement. It's like me with the Cowboys. I get it. I get it. it. You know what I, mean? I totally and, get it. Yeah, Nobody yeah. can be really held responsible for where they're at. But there was a bit of a row. There was a bit of a of a, of a yelling match because we were all upset about where. And I and I will reiterate, we were all upset after Game Six. We were all upset after Game Six. Not I just think me it and clearly you. showed. I think it clearly not you, but showed. not just me and you. You and I don't have a monopoly on uh, on on being upset about the Celtics. You know, and we were all upset. Nobody was at their best. But what I will say is, uh, s- some motherfuckers came in being like, "Well, I was right. We weren't going to win Game Six. And it was like, "Dude, read the room." 
<laughs> don't need to fucking hear it right now i and said like, that i sent that middle finger meme like 74 times man like i've never seen someone I got- tell another person to fuck off more times in a row than bobby told one of our other contributors that in our discord um but it i would like to-, to say publicly that i do apologize for that i love you to that's death. great all right no, you know I love you to but death. I'm glad, on I'm glad it's all on record. I'm glad it's all I under apologize, the. Man. I'm glad it's all uh, water under the bridge. I We're really, going to the championship. It but okay. here's the thing: <laughs> I'm using it to illustrate a, a larger point. When you are with them through the ups and the downs, you do get what I'm sure is coming through as a very smug sense of self-satisfaction. Oh, dude, I feel that great. you were correct. I feel and great, and the team is doing well. Right. I feel great because I would rather be right and have the Celtics be awesome than be right and have the Celtics be trash. In fact, I'd rather be right or I'd rather be wrong and have the Celtics be trash. <laughs> you know, so Agreed. here it is. Here we are. And I'd like to just say to Celtics Twitter where we've been, uh, you know, I- interacting with everybody. And I, and I understand everybody wants the team to win. And I, I love all you guys. I truly do from the bottom of my heart. But fuck, man. Lighten up. All right. This is Agreed. a good team. This is a good <laughs> fucking basketball team. I know it's hard to believe. I know you don't think you deserve joy, but you do because this <laughs> Celtics team, it sparked the joy. It, it really does. Joy, man. Okay. Really, they're so likable. The it's so good. Iman Doga is the real deal. It, they're the real deal. We're about to go to the finals against, you know, I, 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 you, I, I mean, people be sleeping on them, but it's the Golden State fucking Warriors. They're the most successful team in the last 20 years. So let's see what happens then, too, because we've had to slay some giants on the way. Right. Sorry for that long rant. It's just it's been it's been pop, popping around in my Champ- head. And I'm, championship DNA. Finally. Championship DNA. Finally. Championship Finally. DNA. Has to, it has to be. It's correct. It's correct. But listen, here's the thing. We're all happy that they're going. You know, we're all we're all happy that they're there and uh, internal strife um, being uh, what it is. And we're all very emotional people. It's it's part of the reason why we do this whole thing. I will say I bet they're glad I, that we were right as well. I bet they're glad because us yeah, being right yeah. means the Celtics are going to the fucking championships. So we're all we're all uh, we're all benefiting from that. So moving back to the analysis. Yeah. Grant Williams is a fucking ghost, huh? Bro, like, a go- no, a ghost is 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 being positive. Yeah. You know what I mean? A ghost is being positive. He did was we we've been talking about not belonging. You know, being being the thing of the past. Grant Williams did not belong on that fucking court. Yeah. In the last two and a half minutes. To the point at where least you he saw, saw it though. Bro, at least he saw it at the right time. And you but you 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 saw Marcus see it too because he was he was fucking screaming at him. Do you see there was one offensive play where Grant Williams was out of position fucking Four consecutive times, bro. It was un... Ugh, I'm still mad at him for it. Like, my blood pressure just went back to where yeah. it was during that because yeah. I was sitting here screaming at the fucking TV at Grant Williams. He was fucking killing me, bro. Yeah. I feel like he flattered to deceive a little bit, too, because I feel like he started off the game looking like the kind of Game 7 Grant Williams we saw in the last series. So it was like, oh, was- shit. There was a little moment where you're like, oh, shit. Is Grant going to do that same shit again? Um, he missed a lot of wide open corner jump shots, which is like your whole fucking, you know, value, basically. And then Grant. he missed and then he missed layup after layup after. And yeah, I don't know. And it, I, it, was, I, it was a rough game from Grant. I have to say that was that was the Grant Williams of old. 
he looked he looked he looked like Tice under the basket too. Look, I literally said that during the game. Did I was you? like, he looks like fucking Daniel Tice out there. Yeah, dude. He he wasn't jumping at the right time. He was like getting a little beat up under there. Maybe he's tired. I mean, I mean, it's been a lot of basketball. We've watched that dude play a lot of basketball in the last six weeks. You yeah. know. I just think he didn't. It wasn't the moment for Grant yet. You know yeah. what I mean? Grant's Grant's well, he made had a, a he lot had a of strides. Moment. He had a big moment in the last series. But this is different. This yeah, is to go to the finals. Well, you, can you know see, what I mean? The it's, it's, it's all of them. T- right. You it's can a see big it all of them what the for what the mental barrier was. It's a big there. Yeah, it was there. 100%. A lot of those guys have lost in Eastern Conference Finals a few times now. And the specter yeah. of that is gonna loom over you a little bit. And I think that's what we saw with them sort of blowing the lead a little. But like they still had to dig deep and find the willpower to not let they it happen. It. They know? did it. Yeah. Listen, I, I, and I think that's the side we should be sort of looking at. I mean, I know it's been hard to stay on track here, but fuck. Whatever. Just, what the fuck? Yeah, whatever. Bro, so like the 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 uh, I want to give them all the credit in the world. And I do, because they didn't blow that. But like it uh, if Jimmy knocks that down, all right. If Jimmy knocks that three down. Yeah, we're sitting God, he here up to the three, dude. Oh my if God, you, if I you know. Froze time, if, <laughs> dude, if you froze time, bro, and you were like, Dave, like if the fucking angel from if It's a Wonderful Life like appeared in my living room, right? And I look over and my, for three. my yeah. wife is like gleefully like tapping away on her phone while because she thinks my existential crisis is hilarious. And I, and, but she's frozen in time and like the fucking TV's frozen. I think it's the internet at first. And the fucking angel from It's a Wonderful Life just like shows up and he's like, okay, I'm going to give you the choice, Dave. You're down, the, the heater down uh, two. If he hits this three, they go up one for their first lead change of the game. It will be a fucking dagger three. Or do you have him charge at a backpedaling Al Horford? For only two and like maybe maybe an and one, mm. I am begging that angel to use his angel powers to have Jimmy Butler pull up for three, because Jimmy Butler ain't that dude. He ain't that fucking dude, and I I love him. I love him for thinking that he was. I love him for thinking that he was. I love Jimmy Butler for that reason. To be up for earnestly from the bottom of my heart, his irrational confidence gives me life i love that about him it was so fucking clear that he should not have pulled up and he saw his name in lights and he pulled up and he missed and i knew he was gonna miss before it even left his fucking hands because because of who he is he's just not that guy and it's just not in his game like that not when the game's on the line dude you do your jimmy butler thing you do your fucking jimmy butler thing was from the moment go at him you change direction a couple times you go up hard so that you clear the space between you and the defender and you draw the foul and you finish at the at the rim, which he had been doing to us all fucking night. If he did that, I would bet my left fucking nut that that goes in with a 100%. possible and one, a possible from a, from a, a fucking very back a very possible. A, almost, I would call it almost likely and one from <laughs> the way the fucking game was being called. Which we're gonna talk about the fucking refs. Which oh I know we don't like God, to do around bro. here. I'm missing the point. We're gonna fucking talk about them. Uh, a very fucking possible, almost likely and one, and uh, like that's the way that the game had been going all night. That's the way the game has been going all fucking night. So what happens? He pulls up to fucking three, and I say, the time resumes, and I say, thank my fucking lucky stars. He did that because there's no goddamn way that's going in. What do you think? Was that the decision that swung the game? Yeah, 100%. Bro, uh, if he, I, I get, I absolutely agree that if he drives to the hole, it's it's a completely different story, man. It is. <laughs> I, it's that's a completely the last thing I different fucking story. It was, it was, it was, it was, 
a, an amazing moment when he missed that. I got to say, and then Al pulled down the rebound. Al pulls down that rebound. It was game over. You know what I mean? You knew it oh, was yeah. game over. Oh, it yeah. was over. And he was backpedaling, yeah. dude. He was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. You could see it in Al's face that he he did not want to be that guy at the rim right there. He did not. You could tell because he left him wide open for the three. So his momentum carried him behind the basket almost. Yeah. And like he pulled up for the three and it, I just was like, oh, my God, thank God. Because I, I mean, yeah. he clanged it, too. It wasn't even well, really close. I mean, it's also you have to remember that, like, <laughs> you have to you gotta, remember that, like, got a special <laughs> guest filling up. Filling up your glass. I Here's love my it. wife. She came here to watch the hey. uh, came in here to watch the game with me. And we uh, we had a nice time. Now she's pouring me wine. What a life, dude. What a fucking That's a life. Good life. That's a good what life. What a wife. What a life. And a good life. Yeah. Thank you for the extra wine, Leah. Thanks for keeping the fuel going. But I'm all adrenaline right now, dude. Seriously, he fucking pulls up for that three. I'm like, thank God, because you know what he did? He played to the context of the game. He was like, a three right now would be great. Instead, of it would have been a dagger, right? Listen, it would have been a dagger. No, it, it would have been, been tough to come back from that. If that goes in. I don't think we win. Yeah, I, I think that's straight up true. But uh, you ain't Ray Allen, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jerry Butler, but fuck you for pulling it- up like that, thinking you're that dude, man. So I know, like, we're completely off the rails here, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> it doesn't matter. So the I was watching it like before I came on. I was watching the the post game like where Stephen A was having like an on court interview with somebody. I don't know. And Cedric Maxwell just walked up behind him and goes, "How about them Celtics, baby? <laughs> How about them Celtics?" <laughs> In the middle of an interview, it was the coolest thing. I was just I, I was sitting here by myself, just dying laughing. It was yeah, that's awesome. funny. All right, before we do the refs, because I want to do the fucking refs. I want to. I want to. I want to talk about how bad of a game they called. I, I think another couple of honorable mentions on good and bad sides. We'll start with the bad. Rob Williams, ah, trick or treat in this playoff series since he's come back from injury. Yeah. I, I think that we adjusted super well to his injury going into the to the first uh, couple of rounds. And because we adjusted so well, his, if we're being honest, not as good a play as at the end of the regular season hasn't affected us as badly as it could have. I enjoy his presence in there. If that makes sense, even if he's not exactly doing what I need him to do, I think people do still think twice about going up when he's standing there, which I've been begging the Celtics to get a guy like that for the past five years. So, you know, Rob Williams, the ceiling. Here we are. He was a little anonymous a few times, a little fucking sleepy a few times. And somebody needs to tell him that if he gets an offensive board, he needs to stop thinking about it and just go the fuck back up. Just go the fuck back up, dude. Don't think about it. Don't look around. Don't don't even really make sure you have it in your hands. Just go right back up. Like, it's an offensive board. It's a free two points. Do it quickly. Do it quickly before they can do anything to you. What did you think of Rob's game? Uh, you know, was it was it vintage? Was it quintessential? Because I, I didn't love it. I think it's 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 clear when his knee is bothering him. You yeah. know what I mean? When, when, when Rob is being Rob, we get the games from Bam that we saw in games four and five, where Bam looks like a fucking puddle in the middle of the basketball court, and he doesn't want to... He, he wants nothing... Bam wanted nothing to do we're gonna with talk Robert about Williams. That in the, in the, we're going to talk about that in the Al Horford conversation. Okay, I, all right, I think, because Because I think that that's where the Bam Adebayo conversation belongs, but continue. You know, but I just think... I, I didn't think he wanted anything to do with Rob at the rim in those a couple games. Not however, run underneath the basket. Not run underneath the basket, for sure. However, game six and seven... I, I just think, I think it was clear in game seven. That's why he wasn't out there for a lot of crunch time. His knee was bothering him tonight. 
a yes. lot. Game six, I don't know what was up with him. I agree. He gets so sleepy I at times. Bam we started, about it. I think Bam started to get him, though. I, you, I honestly, you think he did? I, I yeah, think is that what it was? Started to, he started to just go at his weaknesses. I think he's still prone to going up when he shouldn't go up. He yes. was a little bit better about that this game, actually, surprisingly. But I think Bam just started being like, I think I got this dude on footwork. He doesn't stand right. His fucking feet are too close together because he's always trying to go for hops. I think I can pull him a little bit out from the basket. And I think right then, I think that played a little bit into our hands, though, because then it was like, fuck it, put Al on him. Al can pick him up earlier. He's not going to beat Al in the footwork battle. And like the one or two times that he beat him in the strength battle, he was huffing and puffing leaving that fucking exchange. And Al looked fine. Like, you know, that thing, it's like, yeah, I can overpower you, but it's because I'm putting like 100% of my effort in. So the one or two times he beat him, he didn't really come back for more in this game. And I think that that worked for us. But dude, but I do, don't you think that like on footwork, like Rob could just work a little bit harder? You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like he's just static in these situations. He relies on his athleticism a lot. All the time. Because he knows he can hop right back up. Right. He can just he, pop, like he can land and then he can boom, pop right back up, which is great. But still play, you know, I, like, does he sacrifice that if he just like, just gets a little lower, just bends his knees a little bit, you know, boxes out a little bit better, boxes out a little bit more proactively. Cause he's just like not there a lot of the times in those situations. Yeah. Very frustrating. Yeah, he misses his box out a lot. He does. He, he, he's he, not he, low ball, he ball watches so much too. He's not low enough, um, you know. Hey, but but well, I, I'm gonna stick up for Rob though, because we don't win game five without him. No, you know for I mean? sure. Those, I mean, those, I those, those, those blocks and and, and and there's there's the two corner threes. That the Heat had to get back in the game that Rob just came out of fucking nowhere and slaughtered him into fucking. You're probably the best block of the series, that jump shot where he like came from like almost. He came so far away, bro. It was unbelievable. But he just got such an arc on it. Was that game? I want to say it was game five. It was five, yeah. Against Tucker Tucker in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just like, he didn't even really just get his fingertips to it. He like smacked it out of the air pretty much. It was awesome. (laughs) Agreed. So, but, but, so it, it, it is. It's a lot. So kind of like the Celtics this series. There's a lot of highs and lows with Rob in this series. I, I just would have loved to see him. I don't know if it was the knee, but man, having Rob out there being Rob, I don't think that comeback happens, man. Because if if if, if you replace Rob Williams out there with what fucking Grant Williams was doing in the last two and a half minutes, it's a yeah. completely different ball That's game. True. So like That's he's got to get he's got to get healthy. Over this next four or five days, he has this is going to be a great, uh, a great transition into talking about the longest fucking break that this Celtics team have had since the, the start. This since so the, big, the game four, the four game sweep of the uh, the Brooklyn Nets. I feel like we've been playing a game every two days for four weeks. You know, I, we, I feel the fatigue. We have. You know, yeah, it's because we have. <laughs> and I think uh, I think that uh, they deserve the fucking rest. They 100 percent deserve the rest. They don't have that. They have one extra game than the Warriors or two extra games than the Warriors. But like they, because of the schedule, they only have a couple of days lead on us for the rest. Right. So it, it could be worse as far as going to a game seven as, as kind of beat up and fatigued as we've been. It could be worse as far as actual injuries. I feel like Smart and Williams got healthier as this series went on, which is obviously a huge positive. On that note, uh, I want to talk about Jalen Brown first, and then we're going to move on to just kind of dissecting the series as a whole. We'll do a little preview of the Warriors finals. Uh, But before I do any of that, we'll have an extensive preview, extensive before before it happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, Before it happens. But but we'll do a little, a little mini kind of look down the pipe right now. For sure. Uh, We'll we'll have a preview show for sure next week, a full breakdown. So tune in for that for sure. But I want to talk before we go. I just got to get this in uh, before we move on to to Brown and and then the series as a whole. 
those fucking referees tonight. I mean, I know the extender, blah, blah, fucking blah. They're just bad. I like. I, I think that people can see a, na- a narrative and an agenda in there where it's like, oh, they want the Heat to win. Oh, da da da. And I get it. I get why people are saying that. And I, I, I was feeling that too. I just think they suck at their fucking jobs, dude. Yeah, to be it wasn't good. Like, it wasn't just, good either way. If you if you really look at it, it wasn't good either way. I, I mean, honestly, if you think that Kyle Lowry was getting fouled oh the way that God. he was getting fouled, the way that you're calling it. You believe that the dudes in pornos that are plumbers are plumbers in real life because those performances aren't even fucking good. You know, Kyle Lowry, fucking big dick plumber showing up, same difference, right? So just just stop biting on all the fucking sales, you know? Like, he's clearly fucking floppy. People give Marcus smart shit for that. Stop refereeing in context. Oh, he's so you know, stop refereeing Lowry. because they... But they, but you can you re- literally feel them go like I know, but they're down fifteen. So like I feel like they make those calls, you know. And it's like don't don't do that. Referee the game, don't referee the context. And honestly, Jason Tatum needs to start getting the calls that 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 a player of his caliber, his athleticism, his speed, the fact that he's bef- he's beaten most guys if he's going up to the basket ninety nine times out of a hundred. You need to just assume that if you didn't see what happened because it was too fast for you. You need to assume that he got there first because he probably fucking did because he's a top five player in the NBA. He's not getting those calls. And it's very fucking frustrating that we have to play the rest of the last two games. Talk to me about that. Yeah, bro. The the call in game six against Tatum. Um absolute was, tragic. Was like, was, was the worst Joe. one of the worst one of the worst basketball calls I've ever seen in my entire life. Ugh. It was it was such a good take and such a good move by Tatum. And for him to get called for an offensive foul for literally going up with his ball hand. It yeah. wasn't even his offhand. Yeah. yeah. With the ball hand and going up, yeah. it, it was and it turned the game, and I just don't. I, I don't think that the refs should be having that kind of fucking impact on a basketball game, especially at this stage in the playoffs. You know what I mean? And and it's so clear tonight, bro. It was so clear that the Heat were getting the calls. Okay, yes, yeah. there oh, was yeah. a lot of I mean, bad calls. At the end of the, the first quarter, well, at the end of it, the first half, the, the 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 disparity between free throws was like thirty to eight or some yeah. shit. Like it was like it was crazy. Yeah, and I was just going to, I know people were going to say that like, oh, but the Celtics have more free throw. I don't give a shit. The, the, the free throw, the free throw marks don't, don't represent the, the tonight momentum. The heat had way, then tonight the Heat had way more by the end of the first half. They started doing makeup calls. Yeah, they did. Absolutely. They did a hundred percent. And that's, that's another thing that pissed me off is it's so fucking clear. When a makeup call is being oh made, oh, there was it a is, couple of real bad. Is, there's bro, tonight was the most uh, obscene thing I've ever seen in my life. Even, where, I know which one you're talking about, but it, it even went our way and it was fucking obscene. But I was just like, <laughs> oh, so that was just a clear makeup call. 100%. Like it was, uh, it was the I think it was, I, I don't know if it was the Bam elbow. I no, it was like it was it was some sort of off. Like we we should have gotten. I forget exactly what happened. I'm processing a lot of data right now, but we we had some sort of offensive move. That was clearly a foul that they didn't call. And then they call an offensive foul on them on the other end and gives the ball back. And I just think it's fucking bananas because, like, it's unbelievable. It, it's so inconsistent. Like, Marcus Smart slides to take a charge almost identically to Kyle Lowry, and they call it differently. Like, it, you know, Kyle Lowry's feet are both moving at the same time. And they call Bro, they were in the air. They were in the fucking yeah, air. Yeah, I yeah. know. Exactly I mean, and they, and they call a fucking about. charge. They were in the air. It's insane. And the, the craziest thing is, right? Here's the, here's the crazy thing. These challenges, right? Like th- this, this, this sort of, I would call it relatively new, right? Still like in, in, in the NBA, this, this sort of system of like challenging the calls, you know, which ones are getting overturned and which ones aren't. And it's not because yeah. when you look at them, you go, oh, 
because of the rules of the game. It's you go, oh, the referees can't overturn that. They'll look like idiots because the one that we challenged, right? Jalen Brown's elbow going up. There was no way to overturn it because they called it right. Like they, they blew up for it. If they had to overturn it, they would have had to call it a blocking foul, but it was kind of neither, right? Like they, it should have been a no call. So they can't be like, oh, it's a no call because then it's like, well, who would have gotten the rebound? But like Jalen, it was Jalen Brown's fifth foul. So like, that's why we challenged it. Right. And the commentators, by the way, were also fucking atrocious tonight. Uh, Jackson and fucking Van Gundy. I mean, what else is new? Yeah. But they can't wrap their head around that. Every single time they go, why do you challenge up? There's fucking seven minutes left of the, because it's his fifth foul and he's the second best player on the team, dude. That's why you fucking idiot. They cannot fucking wrap their heads around that. There's anyway. a reason they're not coaches. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, would you? I wouldn't let. I wouldn't let those guys manage my fucking. I wouldn't let Mark Jackson anywhere near my fucking basketball team, man. Unbelievable. Just goes to show where my priorities are. So, point being, uh, yeah, dude. I mean, they couldn't overturn it. You know, you you might as well because it's just fifth foul. You might as well put the challenge out with with the context of how much was left. But I don't even know about these challenges, dude. Like, forget it. Like, just just let them fucking call the game because it's like. You get one challenge and it's like, it's fucking wasted then. And oh my God, can we actually talk about fucking Kyle Lowry calling a timeout and bringing them down to one? That was such a big moment. What a fucking idiot, dude. What a fucking idiot. Like he's like, this is the Kyle Lowry game. Is that what he was thinking? You can call one of our last two timeouts with like eight minutes left, dude. What are you thinking? Get up or like get, get to a jump ball or something. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, no, Kyle Lowry was so weird tonight and he's such a bit, listen, my 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 girlfriend doesn't know anything about basketball. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't watch that so all she night. Watches it and she's all like, night that guy's long. Ass is unbelievable, right, bro? <laughs> all night long, she's like, Kyle, who is that guy? He's such a little bitch. She <laughs> said that she said that like fifteen times tonight. Does he do anything except complain? I'm yeah. Like, bro, no, he doesn't. Yeah, Kyle Lowry is. I don't know if it's his old age at this point, and he can't do anything else except for try and get flops and complain about calls. But I've never hated a player more than I hated Kyle Lowry tonight. I've hated a lot of fucking basketball players in a lot of series. But my hate for no, Kyle Lowry tonight be true. That can't was be so true. real, bro. That I hate be true. Well, actually, LeBron's top. Yeah, but I watched like Kobe Bryant. LeBron, like, no, I shots from behind the fucking backboard and kill us in this game seven this, in the finals. No, like, dude, this, you got to think about those. The series, the series, LeBron absolutely destroyed us. I, I hated him a lot. But. I hated him a lot. <laughs> I feel like I've hated our own players more than I hated Kyle Lowry in the, in the past, but uh, he does flop. Uh, the tweet of the, of the night I saw tonight was uh, Kyle Lowry flops like everyone thinks Marcus Smart flops. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's true. pretty, pretty true. Like pretty on point. Anyway, yeah, the rest are fucking trash. I think, I, you know, we still have to watch out for them in the next series. Hopefully, hopefully we get enough games for Boston to win, but uh I'm hoping that they don't extend the series because that this is when it really comes out. You know, when it's again an, an extra finals game. I bet an extra finals game is worth twice as much as an as an extra Eastern Conference finals game. I, I think that the agenda is clear, and I just think we we've learned a lot. And and I think uh, before we go through a preview, go to a preview of the finals to to close this out. I'd just like to say, like, regardless now from this point, I've been saying this for a while. I'm super fucking proud of this team. They vanquished Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets in four. Uh, they vanquished Giannis Antetokounmpo, the defending NBA champion, Milwaukee Bucks in seven, granted at home. Then they they went up against what some of the commentators who, by the way, were commentating on this game and, and, and analyzing this game like the Heat had already won. 
And they were the best Cinderella story that they had ever seen. The most resilient team in basketball, I heard them called. Uh, Jimmy Butler talking to Dwayne Wade on the phone. You know, they, t- today they vanquished the Heat in seven, but they also vanquished an agenda by the refs. And they also vanquished uh, uh, a national news media that was not on their side. They vanquished the ghosts of Eastern Conference Finals past. They vanquished a, a fan base that uh, was split right down the middle on if they believed in them or not, or if they thought that they were anything. They van- vanquished the demons of their past. They they rode with a brand new coach who experienced his first Game 7 this year, and now it was his first Game 7 in an Eastern Conference Finals, and he had to say to everyone, it's different now. It's different with me here because we don't do that shit anymore. So the hill that they climbed, regardless... I think is a huge hill and, we, and we're looking down the pipe at a, at a Celtics uh, uh, franchise over the next few years that are always there and thereabouts. So fucking get on board. If you haven't been on board up until this point, this is the cutoff. It's time. Okay? This is time. the cutoff. All right. That, it's done. It, it's fucking done. We're in the finals. Now it's I was proud of them no matter what. Now it's that. Okay. Because we're in the fucking finals against against a team that has as let's be let's fucking face it championship fucking pedigree. Okay. So what whatever happens from this point out. Die on the fucking shield for the love of God. All yeah. right, moving on to a preview. Um, wait, wait, wait. I, I got I got to follow up on that a okay. little bit. So, yes, completely agree. This team, this team has has made it. They they are now uh, what we like to call Eastern Conference champions, I yes. believe. Oh, um, who got the Larry Bird Award? Tatum I didn't even did. look. Tatum. Was it Tatum? Tatum? It had yeah, to Tatum be, right? Yeah, okay, he, cool. he had to get it. Um, That's awesome. First ever Larry Bird Award goes to a Celtic. Yes. Fuck yes. It's amazing. It's <laughs> amazing. <love> it's it's <laughs> unbelievable. It's just crazy how how much people. I don't know why the NBA feels like they're against the Celtics. The every, everything seems like they were against this team, and time and time again, they proved that they belong here. Listen, this team dominated on the road this this postseason. They won their two biggest games that they've ever played on the fucking road, man. That game six in Milwaukee down three two uh, great on the road. road is 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 just such big balls. And then you go up in game seven against a, a team that you just blew game six, a chance to go to the finals. Everything on your fucking back. The and, narrative. They and, Everything. and they fucking delivered, bro. And it's just this team has so many different narratives going where it's like they don't lose two games in a row. They don't do this. They don't do this. And they just keep fucking proving it, man. And if they just keep keep up exactly what they're doing i i honestly feel like we have a very very good shot to win the fucking nba finals because like i said this team does not lose two games in a row and i will keep fucking saying that that like if they lose a game i can almost guarantee that they are coming out the next day the next game and winning that fucking game because they just don't do it they do not lose two games in a row and i think that is such an underplayed storyline of this entire team that like they they do not come out and make that same mistake twice. You know what I mean? Like they they will come out slow in one game, but the next game they're gonna come out and fucking get out to a twenty one to two lead. It's just it, it it's it's unbelievable how many times people have doubted this team and they just come out and they're just like, "Yep, yeah, well, fuck you, not fucking happening today." It's just yeah, it's, I, it, I it's really crazy, I really do believe that I watched the the entire buildup and the entire narrative be yeah. anti Celtics. I, I think it was uh, can you. You know, and I get why they do it. You know, they're trying to sell a fucking story here. You know, they're trying to sell a narrative. That's how you sell a sports league to, to people. I mean, the NFL have been doing it better than anyone for a long time. They've been crushing narratives that are actually true and making up ones that aren't for the past 20 years of our life more effectively than any other sport in the world. But I get you're selling a narrative. 
this, the, the Heat shouldn't have been in position to win that series. They were, we're that much better than them. And I, and I, and credit to the Heat, you know, credit to the Heat for fighting. Credit to Jimmy Butler for looking like fucking LeBron James a couple of times out there. But at the end of the day, like I, I just am so fucking proud of the of the fellas in green tonight yeah, because I, I just think that they really dug deep. And and I think that a lot of things were going against them tonight. I think the momentum was going against them. I think the the they were away from home. I think as much as the Miami crowd bails on their team, I think they can get pretty loud. And I think they stayed pretty loud for the majority of that game. And I think it was a hard place to go play. I think Jimmy Butler's a dog. You know, I, I like I, I think he's a fucking good player. I tweeted tonight off the out of the missing point. The point account, I said, everyone out of here is acting like Jimmy Butler having a good game is like Luke Walton dropping 40 on you. It's not. It's Jimmy Butler. He's really good. Like, he's legit really good at basketball. Like, why? Like, give him a little bit more fucking credit, you know, because he did in this playoffs what KD couldn't do. Right. Which was take the fucking sell take the Celtics to seven games. So. Give him a little fucking credit because he's a damn good basketball player. And I've I personally been saying that for years. Uh, and also, he fits really well in Miami. And I think that they did a really good job with the culture around him. And I think that Tyler Hero was fucking banged up for the entire series. And like that might have made a difference. But look, end of the day, give the fucking Heat a little bit more credit. And then you'll be a little bit more proud of the Celtics for what they did. You know, I, I think I swallowing this narrative that we should have steamrolled them is, is half your fucking problem. But anyway, we won, so it doesn't fucking matter. And we also, by the way, if you just remember, I know it seems like a fucking, just as a small aside, it seems like an eternity ago. We came into this series off of one of the hardest fought seven game series wins I've ever watched a team go through beating the Milwaukee Bucks in seven. That was mentally, emotionally, and physically exhausting for that team. And the Heat got a break before we went in and they won, you know, they won game one against us because we were fucked up. So, yeah, end of the day, yeah. like, uh, you know, the series had, like you said, the series had a lot of narratives, but I just think you're, you're safe for just kind of riding with this team at this point. All right, moving on to a, to a, to a small matchup preview. We've, we've, <laughs> you and I actually, ironically, have touched on this already because we were sending the fucking Celtics to the championship after, I think, the game, game two, game two win. <laughs> but uh, it took a little bit longer, but here we are. Um, yeah, uh, look, obviously, we knew uh, we'd be here. 100%. Just, <laughs> it just didn't go the way, you know, the route that I thought we were going to go, but that's how I find my way home. Um, so I just like to say, uh, I'm glad it's the Warriors and not the Mavericks matchup wise, but like anything can happen. I'm still very scared of Stephen Clay, all the reverence and respect to them. Again, I think we're deeper. I think they do a lot of, of a, uh, pace that the, the Golden State Warriors, I think they're a very fast team, especially with their two best players being guards that can like space the floor really well and can shoot from fucking anywhere. And I think we're fast too. And I don't think they've come up against that. I don't know if anyone's going to play the kind of defense that we played against them. What do you think, man? Like, I mean, it's been really hard to predict every fucking series in this playoffs in the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference, but we're going to have to try to make an effort here. What do you think? You scared of Steph and Clay? Are they the best team we faced in this playoff run so far? Where are you at? They're definitely the most accomplished, right? I, I don't know if they're the best. I, I, I don't think they're the deepest. I think Milwaukee was deeper than them. I think Milwaukee uh, was a tougher matchup for us. Milwaukee might have been a Tucker away from beating us, to be honest. Yeah, 100%, 100% because, listen, Giannis was so dominant uh, down low against us in that series, and I think against both the Heat and against the Warriors, almost our 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 strength is down low in our size and our toughness, and Which that's we, what we, we had to battle against Milwaukee, Milwaukee. series, right? <laughs> right. That's that's what I mean. It's it's it, it's crazy that 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 was like our toughest thing was underneath that entire series because it's going to be our strength going in the Golden State. That's why I think Rob Williams is so important 
for this next series, man. He is so important to get healthy because if you ask me, you know, he 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 turned Bam out of bio into a puddle for two games. We're talking about Kevon Looney. Listen, Looney's a great ba- a ball player, okay? He's not Bam out of bio, and he's definitely not fucking Giannis. So, you know, that's that's where our strength is gonna lie in this series. Um if if you ask me right now, you know, who has the best two players in this series or best player in this series, it's still us. I think Tatum right now is a more dominant basketball player than Stephen Curry. Listen, Stephen Curry's amazing. He's one he's one of my favorite players to watch in the history Tatum, I think of basketball. He's got more weapons. Right. And we got more around us too. So it's just I, I think top to bottom, we do match up really well with them. I, I don't I don't want to call a game right now. I think we should save that for our next one. Um <laughs> But let's if, let's play one game against them first and see what happens. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if this series wins seven. And I think that that's what's going to end up happening. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be so many different narratives and so many fucking things happening in this final series. Like, I'm just not ready. Uh, I'm not ready to even fucking start thinking about the stress I'm going to go through in this series. But speaking of the Warriors, you know, uh, Draymond Green said, he thought at before game six, Draymond Green said, I think the Celtics are going to advance. I think everybody that was watching that's the Celtics uh, Heat series through five games probably thought that the Celtics were going to advance and nobody really thought that he were going to win game six in Boston, but they did. Credit to him. Do you remember when John Wall jumped up on the uh, scorer's desk in the Isaiah versus John Wall series? Um, that I playoffs, did. it was game six. Yeah. And it's like winners don't, don't celebrate game six. It made me feel kind of good. That Udonis Haslam and like all those guys were getting in the camera and being like, thanks a lot, Draymond. Thanks for the inspiration. I'm like, hey, motherfuckers, <laughs> it's still a game seven to play. Stop fucking celebrating like you did something. Because all you did was take it to seven. And then they sort of patted themselves on the back for taking it to seven. And I think there was a little bit of a handshake tonight on that front. But Draymond Green's in there. I think he's an X factor. is sort of the roundabout. Way I almost forget about fun. Draymond. I still, you know, I don't think he's he's lost, obviously, some athleticism, but I think that his game wasn't necessarily based on that. I think he's got a lot of IQ. I think he's got a ton of... Um, yeah, he does. He's got a ton of uh, uh, respect on the team. I think that uh, Stephen Clay used him to facilitate more than people realize. I think that he playmakes really well from the post. And I think that if I could pick any fucking player on any NBA roster to match up against him in a final series, I would pick Al Horford, <laughs> to be totally honest with you. Because... I don't know if you've been watching, but Al's got some fucking twinkle toes. He does, man. He's he been goes coast to coast play. so much, bro. <laughs> he's uh, he's he's a he's a perimeter defender now, you know. And uh, he went down really awkwardly at one point tonight. But I, I would just like to say, you know, I'll say that for the end. Actually, I just just as a, as a logical preview, I think Draymond Green. I think we were able to suffocate him a little bit with Al, like like you've been watching, and a little Rob Williams slides as well. I think that. I need to tell the entirety of the Celtics fan base that when Steph Curry shoots, it goes in a lot. Okay, a lot, a lot. A lot. A lot. Now, what you do to beat the Golden State Warriors? It, it, it's not. It hasn't been done often, but it's been done. Is especially with a healthy Steph and Clay. What you do is you live with it. You live with it. and You don't panic. Okay. And this is a Celtics team that I think is doing a really good job, apart from a little little wobble tonight, of not panicking. And I just want the fan base to come with on that okay because there was a lot of us tonight saying it's okay we'll weather the storm don't worry we've we've beaten off a few runs now uh you know we've 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 weathered this we've made sure this hasn't happened 
it's going to be worse against the Warriors. Okay. It's going to be worse. It so is. you just need everybody to hold their fucking nutsack and stop fucking freaking out in the foxhole because the Germans are going to hear us. Okay. So stop fucking panicking. All right. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. We have, like Bobby said, more tools to them. And, uh, and, I'm, I'm, and I'm confident uh, in the Celtics. Anyway, full preview next week uh, with probably a different cast of characters that definitely want their chance to get in here and celebrate a, a great Eastern Conference win, and they absolutely deserve it. We've been riding with them since We'll the, still be here. No, I'll be here. Uh, well, I mean, we'll <laughs> stay. <laughs> I can't really I'll get us. <laughs> fucking Perry Chuckle fucks coming in here to be like. But I would just like to say in closing, and I'm going to give, give a little speech here, and then I'm going to throw it over to you to, to finish it out. I would love, if you have no, uh, I guess complaints about this i would love to dedicate this show and dedicate this whole easter conference finals championship set to to al horford i think this is a guy that nobody counted in as far as being a factor again in the playoffs i think that a lot of celtics fans when he left the celtics and were they were just happy that he didn't do great on the sixers and that was enough for us and we were happy with him he came back and he's been played such a huge part in this run and i love the fact that Game six against the Heat, he set the record for most games played in the playoffs without going to a finals. And that is a, uh, a badge that Al Horford does not deserve in, in a, by any stretch of the imagination. He does not deserve to be, to be painted with that brush. And if you, if you caught the video, if you didn't uh, go watch it after you listen to this amazing podcast of, of him going to a championship, he's just going to a championship. He was very emotional on the floor. And I'd love to hear your thoughts, Bobby, just on, on in a basketball sense what Al's brought to this team, I don't think anyone can argue that we wouldn't be here without him right now. I, you know, I think there's been a lot of contributions, but we would definitely not be here without Al Horford. His three dried up a little bit on him tonight. I think, you know, we could have been we could have been 30 points up if that three ball was falling for him. He got a, good, a lot of good open looks. That's okay. It's a game seven of a final series we've seen. We're weirder things happen than that. We saw James Harden's three fucking dry up when he, hit, when he had been hitting it for an entire five seasons by that point so don't worry about it just from a basketball sense what do you think he's brought from a leadership sense what do you think he's brought and uh and can you believe when you from when you heard that al horford was coming back in that trade till now like how big of a of of a player he is in the nba yeah so it's it's you don't even need to give me a final thought because literally my final thought was going to be about Al, al horford and the fact that this is his first NBA Finals, uh, exactly like you said, man, I can't think of a player that deserves it more because when you think about it, it's almost shocking that Al Horford hasn't been to an NBA Finals at this point. And, you know, you think about the teams he's been on, you know, it does make the Hawks and then that shitty Celtics team, not shitty, but shitty personality. Compared to, compared, compared to, compared this, to this, yeah. <laughs> and then the Sixers team and then to the Thunder, it, it's just... It's crazy that uh, such a professional and such a winner and such a dude with such a high basketball IQ hasn't been there yet. And I couldn't be more happy for him. I'm, I'm, I'm to see that emotional response was so awesome, man. But to talk about what he's done to this team, man, is, is night and day from, from what we were without him. You know what I mean? I feel like he's such a calming presence for Tatum and Brown and for Marcus. Like he, he's the reason why they don't have to think out there half the time he's the reason why we have this defensive intensity that we do um it's it's unbelievable to see at that age for him to have this kind of game for for this extended stretch over this playoffs and at the end of the season is crazy to me man and to to think back like you said to the beginning where we got him in that trade no i had no idea he would end up like this man and i feel like a lot of it did have to do with the fact that he did get pretty much an entire year off 
before this season. I think that was so huge for like his knees, legs, all that shit. I heard, I think Bill Simmons said that before, but it, it's just, it's so unreal that we're at this point and that Al Horford gets his champion or gets his, his championship appearance with, with the Celtics in this, this version of this team too. You know what I mean? Because he was the calming presence before he left. You remember against the Sixers, he hit that game seven game winning shot where it seemed like we we're going to blow that series too, or not, or blow that game. And, and he gets that game winning shot and pushes us on to the next series as well. So it just seems like he's always played this role. And, and you could see it from, you know, from our run on is he's been the most pivotal, important piece and the most calming piece to this entire team. So Al Horford, man, we love you. We're so happy you're here. We're so happy that you're getting your finals appearance. And I was going to say, I think he's going to be huge in these NBA finals. This dude has waited his entire career for this. And I think his play is going to show it. And I can't wait. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I just think there's so many great emotional leaders on this team. And I think that, uh, I think that Al is such a big part of it. I think a lot of people have been very vocal in that locker room about who he is and, and, his veteran presence and, and what, what he does for the team on and off the court. And I think, yeah, he's going to be literally and figuratively huge. I agree with you. And I'm just honestly, from the bottom of my heart, so fucking glad he found his way home because that man is a Celtic through and through. He is, he uh, is. He is a Celtic. Said he fucking know. loves him too. Yeah. We love and, that and, dude. and he, and he loves us back and his family loves us back. And, and, uh, and you know, he's, he's honestly right now, he's Mr. Celtic to me. Um, agreed. Agreed. I, I think he's, he, I think Jason Tatum's our best player, but I think that, that whenever the Celtics is a franchise, whenever they have a special team, they always have a guy like this. And I, and I think you can point to a lot of championship, uh, DNA, uh, hey. in, in, in guys and guys like this. And I, I honestly just want to say thanks to Al Horford and, and the whole Horford family for bringing me such, such joy this season with the Boston Celtics, because you know in november nobody would have predicted this so uh yeah thanks guys so to uh to sign off on that note we're going to the ship uh where the eastern conference champions jason tatum is as bobby tells me the first ever recipient of the larry bird uh eastern conference player of the season award uh very fitting that it goes to a celtic and i just like to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to to all the celtics and their organization for all this joy and and i just want to say I'm proud of you no matter what happens in the finals. I, I hope we can bring home uh, Banner 18 because I, I I thought I might have had to get a little older before I saw that. But, you know, thanks for getting us this close. And for the real BK, Bob Kelly, I am DK Sizzle. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will be back next week with a big finals preview. And we'll be here to hold your hand, whether it's on the Missing the Point feed or the 6177 feed or on our Twitter at MTPPod or on our Instagram, or wherever you can find us, we'll be here riding uh, this bandwagon that Bobby and I personally built with our own two hands. All right. Thank you guys so much. Tune in next week. Good night. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid. 
Electricast. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Hour. 